All I have needed your hand that provided Great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me I want to thank you Lord for all of us gathered in your presence tonight I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in our lives. I thank you, Father, for bringing us to your presence tonight. And I ask you, Lord, to come into our hearts with the power of your word and fill all of us with that strength that comes in your word. This is our prayer, and we make it through Christ our Lord. Amen. Can I hear the church say amen? Thank you. You know, one reason I've chosen this opening song, this song prayer, is because it so perfectly summarizes the heart of the message tonight. And what is it? That God is always faithful. Look around you. There are signs of his faithfulness. In the breath we breathe, We see his faithfulness in your family, in the gifts of your children and your children's children. We see his faithfulness in the gift of our church community. We see God's faithfulness. So there is no doubt, and it's not a secret, that God is always faithful. But, truth be told, Sometimes in life, we deal with issues, we deal with events, we deal with situations that may want to make us ask, but God, where are you in all these? The fact is that, yes, sometimes in life, people you love, your loved ones, may be going through certain situations that you begin to ask, but God, I've served you all my life. I've loved you all my life. Why? And why? And why? It's normal. It's human. And so all the readings today provide us very useful solutions and suggestions on how to deal with those situations in life. In those moments in life when sometimes we become doubtful of God's faithfulness. Those moments in life where we think that God has abandoned us. When we think that God has just left all to ourselves in our situations. The readings remind us of certain things we can do to always keep us focused on God's faithfulness. In the second reading... The letter to the Hebrews offers us two solutions. Number one is your script. And second is your perspective. In terms of script, the fact is that, you know, all of us, there's nothing we can do about it. We are all socialized with certain kinds of scripts. We have social scripts. We have cultural scripts. Here is one example of a social script. 
It's expected that when you are 16, you need to be beautiful, tall, and handsome, with muscles and power. When you are 18, you should be in college or something like that. When you are 25, you should be settling down with family and children. When you are 30, you should be at the peak of your profession. These are all social scripts that are being constructed for us. But the problem is that sometimes God does not follow your own script. It does not follow my script. I have a script. I've been trying to follow my script. In the last five years, I've been studying for a Ph.D., graduated, got a job at Messiah College. Now I'm in sitting hall. I'm settled, bought a car yesterday, and I'm like, cool, now it's time for me to enjoy. That's the script. But sometimes God says, hold on, hold on, whoa, 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 stop. Let me now go by my script. That's where sometimes we begin to have problems. It's important for us to learn when to let God follow his own script. Because he's God. And his script is always better than our own script. And so that's why in the letter to the Hebrews, we are reminded, in fact, let me look at, let's look at the way he says it. He says, you know, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And so basically what Hebrews is telling us is that there are times, yes, we have our scripts. There are things we want God to do for us, but God doesn't always follow that script. And then he tells us about perspectives. He tells us in that letter to the Hebrews, he said, endure your trials as disciplines. Those moments of life where it looks tough and difficult, he says, you know what? Take it like a cross. And so it's all about changing perspectives, having a different kind of perspective. You know, talking about perspectives reminds me of this story, children, it's a children's story actually, but I love it. And it's titled, The Farmer and the Horse. And so the story goes that there was a farmer who had a horse. And so one day, the horse suddenly vanished. And the neighbors came around and said to the farmer, Oh no, this is bad. Your horse vanished? We're so sorry. And the farmer looked at his neighbors and said, Well, who knows what is good? Who knows what is bad? And guess what? Six days later, the horse returned. But this time with, with five wide horses. And now the farmer has six horses. And the neighbors came around and said, whoa, 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 this is good. Now you have six horses. And the farmer said, who knows what is good? Who knows what is bad? A few days later, the farmer's son decided to take a ride on one of the wild horses. And you know what happened? The horse threw him up, and he fractured his hip. And the neighbors came again and said, oh, we're so sorry. This is so bad. And the farmer said, you know what he said? Who knows what is good? Who knows what is bad? A few days later, the soldiers came, trying to conscript young men into the military. And they looked at the farmer's son and said, oh, we don't need you. You, you can do anything for us right now. And they spared the farmer's son. 
And the neighbors came around and said, Oh, your son has been spared. He's not going out to, he's not being deployed. And the farmer said, Who knows what is good? Who knows what is bad? Of course, this is a children's story. But if you look underneath that story, there's a lot of philosophical density. That sometimes it's all about perspective. When things are going so well, don't become too comfortable. When things are not going as you want, don't be too broken. Because God is the one who has the perfect horizon. Your horizon, my horizon, sometimes is very limited. And that's why the scripture tells us today, it comes about all about perspectives. And now to tie everything together in the gospel, Jesus begins to tell us that we we need to strive to enter through the narrow gate. What is Jesus talking about? It's all about the fact that the life of a Christian is not always very comfortable. Sometimes we have to deal with crosses. And sometimes we may have to carry our crosses with patience. And so Jesus uses three beautiful images to remind us of this message. First of all, the narrow gate. Second of all, the locked door. And finally, the banquet. And that's one I love a great deal. That it doesn't matter how narrow the gate has become, there is always a banquet at the end of it all. And that's our faith. That's our hope. And so we're going to keep asking the Lord tonight to give us that grace to always stand firm. Trials may come. Sickness may come. Those you love may deal with some kind of difficult situations. But we are reminded tonight that God is faithful. Let us bow our heads and pray. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, your hand that provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me.